This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. She said her name was She She came to play at the party was sick, yeah. She killed what she wants, so sexy when she called. It's Saturday night, that could be only one thing. It's the Chappelle Show. We love you, Chappelle. The Chappelle Show. Cosmo Jarvis, welcome to Joy 94.9. Welcome to the Chappelle Show. Hello. We appreciate you coming in. Thank you very much. Now, I just want to start by saying I've seen your videos and your photos and all of that. You normally have quite short hair, but you've come in today and I didn't realise you've got... You could almost have a fro if you grew your hair out a bit. I used to have one at school, but then I, it was too froish, so I bought loads of cheap hair gel and every day in school I'd like gel, like fill it with gel and it, oh, I goodness. had nits at the time. <laughs> and I'd be like sitting in exams and like little bugs would be falling out of my hair, so I cut it short. But I'm only growing it long because I've got this idea for a movie I want to make next year. Yeah. And I need to grow it like down to like shoulder, like I play a metal head and I'm going to grow it really long. How does an afro grow long? Well, I guess it'll get to the point where... It, the structural integrity of the fro will <laughs> it will droop and that's what I'm hoping I mean I hope it does I don't want yeah. I don't want to grow a fro because that just wouldn't work you know there's that point of growing out a fro where you're in, you go in between sort of fro to long hair and it goes to that frizzy phase yeah how are you going to cope with that um, I'm going to wear lots of hats I think and okay. beanie type things just to cover it I don't have to be big hats yeah I know I, I just it's just the Im- I wish you could just like forward time and get past right. the growing stage because yes. it always looks dodgy yeah but it should be okay people will understand though. Well, I'll have to give them an explanation if, yeah. they, if they should ask why I look like such an idiot. Absolutely. You'll have to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Cosmo. Just growing my hair out. Yeah. 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 That's All what right. I've been doing this whole time. It looks great, though. Well, I really, I think it's really cute. Oh, do you reckon? Yeah. I don't really, I don't know. I just, I don't like the side bits sticking out. I can deal with the top being long, but I don't know. It just looks stupid. I don't think they It's good out. for hiding. I always like, if I've got chewing gum and the flavor's still good and I'm eating something, then I put it behind my don't ear. Don't say it. No? Really? You put it behind your, you hide it? No, I just, I put it behind my ear till after I'm done eating and then I eat it. But, but with this hair, like you can't do it because it gets it's stuck. stuck really yeah, bad. I have naturally curly hair, and I constantly lose things in it. Oh, great! And I like I'll be washing my hair, and then sticks fall out. And you should be a smuggler. Oh my god, I should! Sorts. I need to make more money. Yeah. What do you recommend I smuggle? Nothing other than the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing that's illegal that's worth anything. That's right. Else, I don't know. Whatever. I'll have to brainstorm. Think we'll of talk stuff. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So you've just released an album. We should probably get to your music and your films and all that. Called Think Bigger. Yeah. It came out on July 23. I'm glad you know. How's it going? for you so far people don't hate it which is really good and um it seems to be going better than the other two albums that i released so that's all positive yeah well it's not po- it's it, well yeah it's positive it's good people yeah, so far everybody has a favorite track and all the favorite tracks that people have are different so that's good yeah and i think i think with this album you know all your albums have been great but you know it's sort of an evolution of sound really um as we were talking about a little bit earlier your first album was quite personal i guess yeah um and then you know you moved into a funny second album and this one sort of you seem to have matured, Mature. we could say. <laughs> we have to say, we have to use that word, bandied about. Yeah, no, fair enough. I can understand why people think that. But I mean, this, the actual right, the, where the songs have come from, it's still, they're not chronological. They're songs on this new album that I wrote when I was 12. Yeah. So it's still like a bit of a 
mishmash of stuff. But if you wrote it when you were 12, you obviously had to reproduce it for this album to re-record it. Yeah. Did you make any big changes from older songs? Yeah, the original versions. Of those, uh, for example, there's a track called Tell Me Who To Be, and that started off as like a reggae song. And oh, then cool. the second version I did was like a like a kind of Blink-182 kind of punky kind of thing, and then, and then it kind of became whatever it is now. And yeah, I had to kind of make things cohesive because I was told that a lot of the stuff I was doing on the last albums were kind of perceived as being not self-indulgent, but I, I really dig like instrumentals. And then, yeah. And then, and then dig. Who's this dig? But anyway... You're bringing it back. I'm trying Cosmo to. Cosmo Jarvis is bringing back digging something. But yeah, anyway, the, it was... It was. They told me I had to be a little bit more cohesive with it. But I mean, you have been doing music and art and film and all that since you were really young. Yeah. I mean, you're still really young, but I mean, considering, you know, it's been at least, what, 10, 15 years you've been doing music? Well, I, yeah. Ages. Music, ages, say. long time. And you've got, you've got a, loads and loads of, of music. You've got a big back catalogue. You've written loads of songs. How do you go about choosing what's going to fit onto an album? Because you can't have 30 songs on an album. Well, it I just would, won't sell. Yeah, it won't sell. That's the yeah. problem. Well, they are, yeah. I'd like to do that one day, have like huge albums. I mean, recently I've been, I used to just like think of an idea and I'd record it straight away because I don't like, the writing process for me is the recording process pretty yeah. much, or it was. And then, so like, I'd, I'd think of an idea that I thought could be song worthy and, and I'd just record it and mess with it and screw with it until I got to the point of tinkering where I would realise that it wasn't a wholesome enough idea to okay. warrant seeing it through to the end. Whereas now I've got loads of other stuff I've, I've been doing, so kind of choosing my battles a bit more you know with the song or with any of your processes or just with music yeah kind of picking which which ones are worth recording and then so it's like the filtration process is a little bit more arduous beautiful not arduous you know selective 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 careful but do you think that's necessary as a songwriter because i mean you could just be constantly writing day in day out and you might not always write quality. Yeah, I definitely don't. Some of the stuff I write is absolute rubbish. Do you think that matters, though, or do you only want to put your best quality product out there for the public? Oh, this is it. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I'll have something that I absolutely hate, and then like you'll get a good amount of people on Facebook like really liking it, and that's a huge problem because I, yeah. I don't know. And my managers think they know, but they don't know, really. Yeah. yeah. And you can never predict. It's kind of, you just have to like, it's like how like with films and TV shows, they test them on their audiences. Mm. I just test them with my friends and test them with my not friends and test them with my friends' parents and friends and try and... Person get, down the street. Yeah, mm. just random people like... I give a lot of CDs. I live around the corner from a subway and I give those guys CDs and they don't have, you know, I kind of just get like a general average of comments and tr- and then use those to see what's going to be on the album, I guess. That's what I wanted to talk to you about because, you you know, you make films, you do music, you direct your own videos, um, you load heaps of stuff onto YouTube and it just seems as though you're constantly doing stuff. Not only are you making loads of music and film and short films, but you also seem really involved in that social media side of things, interacting with people. I've noticed on a lot of your YouTube videos, you'll actually interact with people making comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and obviously, you know, you're out on the street, you're giving people your music you seem very involved in that part which isn't very easy because you have a lot on your plate yeah you're, yeah. V- you're not only multi-skilled artistically but a lot of artists really struggle to do both sides of that it's kind of like, yeah i know what you mean I, I only i don't reply to everybody I, I i get if somebody's got a good point then i'll definitely get involved yeah. with a conversation on, on like a youtube comment thread or a facebook thread or whatever it is because it is like it's cool having being able to like you know crap something out and then have instant feedback from people yeah and 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 if they hate it then you know then you know that you've got to quickly tear down whatever i just posted because you know <laughs> don't let the, anyone see yeah the first five people were like they're like oh my god what are you <laughs> doing like, yeah. yeah um but i i just don't understand how you can find the time oh just 
I don't do anything else really. It's just that it's just constant every day. Yeah, right? you'll sort of live, breathe, and eat your art. Yeah, I mean, there's other, yeah. there's like you know other promotional stuffs and and and, and obviously because with the videos and stuff, there's a lot of like a lot of the TV guys they have like a very strict format that they want the my work delivered on. And, yeah. and I'm not a professional at that. I mean, I can edit and everything, I can do all that stuff, but there's so now with digital video editing, there's so many different new formats coming out all the time, new 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 compressions and whatever, and and sometimes that's hard and it take and I wouldn't like to be doing that but i have to because there's nobody else to do it and i'm i'm cheap well i'm free because i just do it yeah so so that stuff takes a little while to to do but But even that blows my mind being able to edit on top of everything else you do because for the listeners who might not be fully aware you've you've directed a feature film you do all your own videos i imagine you put the concepts of the video together as well right the treatment um and i just think that's phenomenal and on top of that to have the skills of an editor is that just because you've been doing it for so long there's no point in getting anybody else involved because if they you know people cost cost money and that's why people that's why a lot of artists blow 20 grand on a music video yeah that looks like it could have been done for free yeah and then i'm just like you know if you can do it then do it and i and i i'm you know i've from being a nerd for several years i've just kind of gotten better at finding my way around around programs so i might as well just do it and and and, and then you know the few people that i can actually work with on the videos that i that i do like my, my housemates mostly <laughs> the few people that i do work with they yeah. they have they, they can spend a lot more time on doing their dealing with their department of creative yeah sure. exploration yeah for sure so you get people in who can help you in different ways do you find that does that mean it makes you more of a control freak with your work or that might have already been the case or i think yeah you, or can you be too close to your work definitely yeah but i mean i'm but but not in a way that i would ever i would ever not make it a creative decision for the sake of being like i mean if there's no other way and i have to cut something that took a long time to do yeah. or musically if i have to cut like a section out and because everybody's like you have to get rid of that it's too long or whatever then I, i'll do it mm. but i mean i just i don't know any other way really because no yeah. one's ever been like hey i'm gonna take you under my wing and be your producer with film or music or whatever it is nobody's ever done that so I just until that happens, I'll just do it myself because otherwise, because there's no, there's no, there's no other way of do, and and the, the the alternative would be not doing anything and waiting for people to give you funding or to get on board creatively and be, take charge and say yeah. I've got a great idea for you know yeah. this next album's gonna have this sound or this music video is gonna have this. No one's ever really done that. And I think that's a really good point that you say that a lot of people that wait around for things to happen or wait around to be signed by a major label or whatever, <laughs> yeah. they just sit there waiting and complaining. And the people that just go and do it, even if it's on a smaller scale, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tend to get well. At really least good it's response. your work. I think yeah. that's the way I think about it. It's like it's, it's it, with music videos and stuff like that. You got like a real great platform to do a completely different piece of artwork that can either sit next to the music that inspired it or that it's supposed to be promoting, or how, or you know, it's it's an opportunity to make another totally different thing. And and if you and so I I can I can do it. So I just do it. Like yeah, yeah, you're right. And do you think in a way which leads into my next question because you might not have a million bazillion fans, yeah. but the fans you do have love you there's not like oh yeah Cosmo he's alright it's like we love Cosmo Jarvis yeah and do you think that's because of the personal touch that you're so involved in your work I don't know why it is I, I think people love you man <laughs> that's very nice of them I I think it's just because they like I'm not trying to like con them into liking my stuff yeah I'll put it out there for what it is and if they like it then that's awesome mm. and if they don't then they don't and, and so you very early on the people people know what they're going to get or what they're getting because I've kind of they know that it, I'm going to do stuff myself and there's going to and, and it, a lot of the stuff is quite homemade and not, not it's not like a lash up or a bodge job but it's like it's it's made within the means that I can make it with yeah and they know that and, and I think they appreciate it for that and 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 also like I, I try and make 
thorough ideas. There's not a lot of like, you know, greased women in clubs gyrating and that just for the sake of that yeah. because that's what appeals to that that to the to the I don't know what you call it, like the demographic that just likes whatever because yeah. mainstream platforms tell them to like that. Absolutely. Like there's there's not a lot of I don't really cater for those people. Although not to say though that some of my stuff doesn't like isn't appeal widely. Yeah, mm. some of it can, but it's, if if it does, it's a fluke. It's a complete <laughs> fluke. Yeah. No, I like your work. I think it's good. It's really every video is quite different, and that's that doesn't happen very often with an artist. And maybe you know because you're not so prepackaged and trying to decipher what the market wants, you just go and do your own thing. Yeah. Maybe that's why people are so responsive. Maybe. Now we can't. This is Australia's first and only re- lesbian and gay radio station, so we can't not talk about gay pirates. Right. Okay. We absolutely have to. <laughs> Um, and it's it's a great song. Like you have no, I'm sure people have told you what how important it is for artists and people to get behind the anti homophobia movement, whether yeah. or not you intended it to be that way. Um, Andrew Bell, who's a presenter here on the Full Catastrophe on Joy, he wanted me to ask you what the inspiration was behind Gay Pirates because to him, you know, it's a touching yet brutal song that just to him equals wonderful. So what was the inspiration? It was it was it, it's really difficult to talk about because like I had no big point to get behind the gay thing. Like I didn't I wasn't going to be like I'm going to get on with that because I know that there's a massive gay audience and I know right. that there's loads of gay music lovers. And, and I wasn't like trying to make a point by doing that. It was sort of like the point came from the anti point, which was kind of to make a song which was sincerely about a relationship between two members of the same gender. That, but but the the fact that it was about two gay people was like a. It was just a. It was just like a a fact. Oh shoot! Wait a minute. It was just like a fact of the song. Like it yeah. wasn't the point. It was just it happened. It was a love song that was that was supposed to be as thoroughly and well emotionally written that just happened to be about gay people. Because yeah. if it was like this is a gay thing, then it would be making a gimmick of of the idea of homosexual relationships, Absolutely. which I didn't want to do. And it would have been too easy. Like I mean, loads of people could have been like. I could tell early on that when I had the song, everyone was like, make a video that's really like gay and camp and whatever. Mm. And, and you know, the video and the song, I, it, I wanted it to just be just like, you know, this is just a fact. These people are just happened to be gay. Yeah, uh, it's just a love story. Yeah, it's just a love story. And that was the point because I, I hadn't really heard anything that hadn't been doing anything that wasn't gay, that I hadn't been making a gimmick out of gayness before. And I just wanted to just do it like, because I just felt like it needed to be done. And, and I, you know, and it, the reason it was pirates was because it was it was a if you were on a ship full of homophobic people back in the day, and you did have a gay lover on the boat, then it would be pretty horrible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and as it, you've detailed in the song. Yes, uh, yeah, and I yeah, but I thought that it was like a concentrated and slightly abstract way of tell, conveying like a relatable, relatable to today's day and age. And and the whole fact that like pe- tons of people I went to school with, there was there's this ongoing thing of of like if you're gay, then you are you're sub man. A lot of people think mm. that you're like you don't possess the uh, the capability to to be as passionate or as manly about whatever. Mm. And that's bollocks. Like, yeah. You know. And and it was kind of the drums in the song were kind of supposed to give it like a power and to express the like the passion of the love like like as as many men have with women but just about a man and, and to kind of trick these jock guys that would come to my shows into like being like well, yeah we're having a great time to this song and they'd be like yeah but you're you know you're dancing and having a great time and being as passionate you're being passionate about a gay relationship and they're like oh shit but it's okay in but the it's end it's okay in the end yeah, yeah. and it's just to think twice about it you know because where i live there's a lot of that mm. yeah so Gay Pirates, uh, when it did come out, 
it wasn't played on BBC One. Yeah. And uh, well, we will go there. And that was because in one of the lyrics is you use the word gang rape. Gang rape. And they decided not to play the song. I mean, and arguably that could have affected the success of the song. Definitely. You could have been, it could have been, I'm not suggesting maybe number one or whatever, but loads more popular. It could have been popular. much popular than it was in the UK for sure. Did that experience of them censoring you and ultimately, um, you know, potentially holding back your success? Well, just, they screwed song. up Gay Pirate. I know people would have liked it in the UK. They definitely would have. Like, if, they, if they'd have just given it a shot and played it like a couple times. Yeah. But they just didn't even do that. Would that Has that ever wanted you to self-censor, though? Do you feel more conscious that you need to be careful what you say in nah. order to get more airplay? Nah, no, no way. Like, Why not? I mean, even on this album, there's, there's songs that could be massive, like, you know, hooky singles with good choruses. That, and, and I'm not allowed to talk about what they're about for fear of it being detrimental to the airplay. And I, if anything, I go out of my way to put things in to a really shiny single that might, that, that is a little bit more. Cause right now the way it is, is like the vaguer the song, the more relatable it is, the more likely it's, it is to get airplay yeah. because they want vague, meaningless songs with all of the formulaic. Yes. Yep. Stuff. Melodies, catchy hooks, yeah. all that. Yeah. And that's what will get you a guarantee. And, but no, no way. I've kind of I'll just I'll write whatever and if it doesn't fit then he'll just take a little bit longer to get you know wide wider listeners from those mainstream platforms absolutely and where do you want to go with your art because we can't just say music because you do film as well yeah where do you want to go what do you want to be I want to just do? keep making films yeah like keep making music keep making albums and have have some sort of release on some sort of level as long yeah. as it's available to the people who've been following already so as long as they can keep getting stuff, then that's great. And and with film, I've, I'll keep making my you know eight grand movies, and I've got another one that I've wrote that I want to make next year. And I can never look past the next pro- next project because you never know what's going to happen. And maybe somebody will come along and be like, "Hey, we want to work with you," or you know, you can act in this film, or, or you, we want to help you make your film, or whatever it is. Yeah, but yeah, it could happen. So your film, you made it on eight grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I've only seen the trailer, but it looks like it would have cost more than that. How do you make a film like that? What was it called again? Sorry. The Naughty Room. The Naughty Room. Sorry. Um, Everyone thinks it's a porn movie. <laughs> well, that's why I clicked on the trailer. Yeah, I was I'm like, sure. what, what is this? That's why I would click on the trailer. Well, you were in it, so it was fine. In a bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of a compromise. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like, yeah, it would have cost a lot more than eight grand. How do you keep a film like that and shoot it to eight grand to that budget? By, by having a really unprofessional crew who will take risks on my ideas that yep. professional theatre students wouldn't necessarily or professional actors who are used to going out and working with people that, you know, they want. I would have been sued so many times for the in- injuries my actors have sustained in oh, the production okay. of this movie. Like, <laughs> But they do it because the, the, you, a lot of the way that we shoot is like a handheld and then we'll improvisation to really encourage just like, let's just, you know, here's A and B, we'll do it how I wrote it, then we'll do it how you want to do it. Yeah. And then I'll mash up and when I'm editing how the best performances that I can. Mm. And, and just by knowing my limits production wise, because I've been doing it for a while, I know that I know what kind of shots are achievable that that will look good. Like, for example, like in movies like, I don't know, like There Will, there will Be Blood, it's an expensive movie and movies like that and like No Country for Old Men. Cinematography and stuff like that, I learned pretty early on that like symmetry is, is a, an indulgence that's available to everybody because things symmetry can be found anywhere and just like good framing is in general you can get you can frame things well on any money and then the the DSLR revolution happens everybody was shooting on DSLRs yeah so I kind of you know my, my camera operator this guy called Dan DOP he, he lives locally he was making music videos and I was like can you help me because obviously yeah. I was going to be acting in it so 
I needed somebody who could film. Mm. And he was like, yeah. And he turned up with this camera. And we just did it. It was shot on two cameras. And just not, by not so often, like first time indie filmmakers, I don't know, all, all the guys are in, are in school anyway in England, a lot of them, they're like, well, we need a gun. We need a briefcase with, with an elusive purpose. Yeah. You know, and they're yeah. like, let's make some. Someone with a thick accent. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And it, and those often go wrong. And I spent a lot of time writing the story. And if, if, I think if the story is wholesome and has a you know what the point is then i think in the execution it will just sort of happen hopefully and but yeah just not not by kind of think trying to achieve anything that's too none you know like you you have to be ticking your own boxes and nobody else's i think yeah okay so look, sort of the same with your music i guess yeah definitely where do you get those skills i still can't which is get also my made around. very cheaply by the way <laughs> yeah but it still sounds fabulous and we love it <laughs> um I just, I, again, I can't get my head around these plethora of skills that you have. Were you formally trained or it's just something you've been working at for nah, years and years? Just playing around, like being a bit of a, being quite nerdy and just like playing with programs and wanting wanting to like make things and, and, and just making sure that they get done one way or another. It kind of comes from that. Like Yeah, even with film and that sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, just from messing around. But there was a program called You Lead Video Express, which I got when I was pretty young. And I used to make webcam movies, just playing, playing and playing and playing until I... But also being self-critical and being quite disciplined about how you play and, and that kind of thing, that helps. It, it wasn't just like a DOS. It was like, but I definitely taught myself more than I would have learned if I studied it at my school. Yeah. For sure. But, oh, yeah. Hands-on learning. Yeah. Do you think that maybe if you'd been around 20 years ago or even 10, 15 years ago without social media and digital and, nah. and this, you'd have the success you do now? I'd be screwed. Um, well, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to get anything anywhere. It's YouTube is definitely the it for now. I mean, p being able to put stuff up and having having people just find it and make their own opinions and leave their comments and maybe share it if they want to, if they think it's worth sharing, that is been the only way I could have done anything otherwise I'd probably just be you know sit, yeah. sitting in my room still it's so much more personal yeah and um and the thing is as well I guess with making YouTube videos and and that sort of thing when I was preparing for this interview I almost I mean I didn't even look at your Wikipedia page I mean who would but in terms of research all I did was watch your videos sick <laughs> I mean I read a couple of interviews very quickly but it was like this guy puts out so much material and it's you know you sometimes you playing a role just a camera it's you singing a song that you've written doing short films and perhaps you as an artist and maybe this is what all artists aim for i would presume is that it is about your your art form yeah 100 percent. it's the mm. work it's nothing i'm i mean I, i'm my name unfortunately has been attached to my work and that's just a bummer side effect of branding and whatever and uh, but it, it's per work it's per piece of work it's nothing there's no overall big idea or big thing it's just like making sure that each song or film or performance or music video whatever it is is as is as is, is worth making and is, is as best made as it could be with the means i have to make it i, I guess yeah yeah would you do it even if you didn't have the success that you have now yeah definitely <laughs> i've never had like a real job i've done bits of like like work like work experience i did some work experience at, at like these this like did a week but that sucked i didn't I, and i did a few i do bits like a few odd jobs here and there i, I do some editing i make other bands music videos every now and yeah, again cool. but i can't really do anything else and I, my social skills are quite poor as well so that leaves a lot of time for making things <laughs> so yeah 
alone in your room making videos. Yeah. So do you often think through things when you're making these short films and videos? Do you prepare them for very long or it's just like, I've got an idea, let's do it? Some some of them are like that. There's been a lot of like, I'll wake the guys up and be like, I've got this thing, let's shoot it, quickly, let's go. Let's yeah. It. But then with, the, with the, the film, that took a while to write and I planned it as best as I could. Not to say that what we shot was anything like what I wrote because if you're like the way that we work you, you find shots that you didn't even know you wanted till you shot them but and, and and the spontaneity of shooting that way you can get a lot of cool things like you know just happen with with the music videos as well like imperfections that give it a kind of honesty that you might not be able to fake if you were writing it but some some of them are planned for quite a while some of them aren't it depends really it's like it's, loads of fun either way <laughs> yeah it's sometimes it is sometimes um, I'm working with my brother as a production designer I've I've been beating the shit out of him a few times that's what siblings do man I know that's just normal he used to drum for me but next time I'm coming back in December for a bunch of shows he's going to oh, cool. be drumming with me again because my other drummer he, he couldn't make it but he so my my little brother's going to be doing it so we'll probably have some fights I'm sure it's normal yeah I just don't want to get arrested like in this country because I'd be quite scared to get arrested in another country I've never had that happen before have you been arrested in your own country oh yeah oh really <laughs> yeah. oh, okay <laughs> what's that like oh I've never never had like a jail sentence but I've spent I've been in overnight cells quite a few times not for doing not for being an asshole just for just various things that I've misdemeanors yeah you know a lot of drunk i got arrested after a festival in cornwall which was bad and i got arrested in new year's for like there were these four cops just kneeling on this guy's windpipe and i was just like oh wow you're kneeling on his windpipe he can't breathe and then they were like he was just like back off and i was like all right so i took a step back but then he kept getting closer and saying back off but if he's if, if yeah. he wants me to back off and he's coming closer then what, what am i supposed to do apart of an act i think he just wanted me to not watch what they were doing and anyway yeah i was in a cell and yeah happens, so- happens quite a lot <laughs> well, well that shouldn't laugh is that scary though <laughs> nah it's funny it's just it's, it's funny because you get it's a good time to rehearse for acting performances and okay you know and write things in there and are there tears to get you out is that what you do tears yeah do you do you cry like in order to help you get out no no no, no. i just i do i do like a, a tough. like a you know like a tyler durden just do a bit of that from Fight Club. You just just act like a nut job, and it's funny because every now and again, four guys will storm in and wrestle you to the ground, and it's just I don't know, it's funny. But they all, some of the guys in police stations are really cool, and some of them aren't. It's yeah. it's just it's funny. It's a way of life. Yeah. So Andrew Bell has another question that he's wanted me to ask you because he's a really big fan. All right. And he will kill me if I don't. Now he really admires your ability to use the everyday in your songs. The everyday. The everyday in your songs. That's, yeah, that's all. That's that's all there is, though. It's just you know stuff. Like I draw inspiration from pretty much anything. Anything that seems like a good enough inspiration to warrant putting work into making something. But yeah, it's a lot of everyday stuff because that that's the only stuff that I do when I'm not doing making things. Is just you know everyday living. living. Yeah, speaking to hitchhiking, meeting a lot of people from hitchhiking, just stuff like that. Because I can't drive yet, so I'm, I'm getting to a lot of good conversations with people. Or, and and it's as if like sometimes if I'm hitching a ride, like it'll be like I've known them for ages because we'll just have like because they they feel comfortable with the anonymity they have around me and I have around them. So we can in many ways talk a lot more honestly and sincerely than with anybody that we both know. And I I kind of like quite open with stuff anyway. But so a lot of inspiration comes from those kind of meetings with people how often do you hitchhike quite a lot like just in england or around europe i've never done it around europe only in england because i've heard i've heard like here you have like a murderer don't you 
or, or something. Got loads of murderers all, all around the place. A hitchhiking murderer, though. I got told, like, don't hitch here because there's still this guy that's on the loose or something. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. We've got loads of... No, there was a guy in the outback, an English backpacker was killed years ago, but they caught the guy. So oh, they right. did? I would never go to Central Australia. Like, I would never go out into the desert. Really? Even as an Aussie, I wouldn't. Because people get killed all the time. We had, like, backpacker, serial killer, the oh. guy that murdered the English guy. Oh, no. Have you seen Wolf Creek? I've seen it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Wolf Creek's a good movie. It's a great movie, but, but scared the bollocks out of me to yeah. ever go into the bush. Imagine ever. if that happened. <laughs> no, thank you. It'd be so bad. <laughs> but no, we're, it's all right. You can get away with it. People, It's frowned upon and people think you're a reprobate and they look at you funny. And, but every now and again, like you, you never wait more than two hours for a ride. Like, Do you deliberately, when you hitchhike, do you need to get somewhere? You're like, I'm just going to go out and catch a ride No, I, I usually need to get okay. somewhere, but I allow a good many more hours than it yeah. would take if I was using public transport because I know that it's going to take a while. Is it always the same kinds of people that pick you up or do you find like it's a range? Same kinds, usually. Yeah. It's, it, um, the only weird one was this what, this like single dentist lady once. She she was like a you know functioning member of society, yep. nice lady. Like she was older, she was a, a dental lady and she was all i was like why the hell are you picking me up i could be a rapist or something but but she was she could be she could yeah nah she i oh she wouldn't have been able to well maybe she could chemical chemically chemical rape i don't know maybe she could have done that <laughs> but um yeah it's either it's either it's usually either like the kind of you know laid back kind of normal kind of music loving dudes who, yeah. who are just like you know I think mu- music fans are much more like, yeah, I'll pick you up, whatever. The boy racers don't pick you up because it would um, be detrimental to their reputations. Or uh, like a lot of Polish people pick me up. Like um, I don't know, I don't know why, but they're just pretty. They seem to be pretty cool with hitching and in, in, yeah. in the UK. Like I don't know why, but yeah, it's it's either the kind of hippie kind of duty kind of people or the Polish people and then every now and again you'll get like a weird one off that's like holy hell I can't believe you picked me up yeah there's a lot of strange people out there do you often like in films you see someone who gets picked up and the, the person that picks them up is that sort of steely silent type yeah. that doesn't want to engage with you at all yeah does that happen it's happened a few times does that defeat the purpose of like why you like hitchhiking no because then I just mirror them and then they're and then nothing goes wrong like okay they'll, they'll they won't talk and I, I won't talk but then if they make a tiny comment about something I'll like notice it and then try and make a comment about the same thing and then that lets them know that I'm not going to do anything weird or anything because often they're only being like shifty and quiet because they are not they're kind of scared of the, the fact that they've just let me in their absolutely. car absolutely and it's kind of but it's so good though because it's like a real psychological exploration and like, you wouldn't get that anywhere else because you're in, you're sitting next to this person and and in a small space in a really small space and and you're smelling their smells and listening to their music and you know if they smoke then they're smoking and you just learn so much about them and you know if they've got like kiddie seats in the back i don't know it's just it's pretty interesting i've written a lot of songs about that that or that or i've written a lot of songs that derive from psych social things that i kind of first thought about because of hitching scenarios yeah yeah it's fun how old were you when you started hitching oh man pretty young <laughs> pretty like i must have been like 10 11 no way getting the getting the old ride not not a long way but where where I'm, where I used to live it was all like villages right separated by long stretches of road and so it'd be like if you wanted to get somewhere and you didn't and, and you didn't want to you're 10 years old and you couldn't drive yeah you just mm. thumb a ride whatever it was and I kind of just did it when whenever else since then kind of because public wow. transport sucks i mean it, it's too expensive and it's not frequent enough because my part of the world's kind of like you know it's not like london where you can just get like a mm. bus anywhere anytime pretty much it's like 
it's like we all we all sleep with our sisters and we're all in bread and that sort okay, of thing. Right. That, that's that's London's opinion of us. Oh right, I thought you, you were actually being serious for a moment. Then I was no, like, no, oh no, no. no, I never slept with my sister. <laughs> I sleep with my stepsister, stepsister though, if she was you know up for it. <laughs> Definitely, I think stepsisters are fine. Well, and cousins, fuck it, cousins. I do a cousin as well. Well, we won't go there. No, don't go there. Um, <laughs> where where do you live? Um, de- like South Devon, like okay. what, like it's not quite as south as this place called Cornwall, which is like yeah. But it's like it's, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's by the sea. Yeah, yeah, I live in this like tourist place called Payton now because it's cheap and um, it's uh, it's it's kind of like a lot of tourist. But it's very seasonal. And in the mm. when it, when it's down season, you just want to kill yourself, and everybody wants to kill themselves. And, okay. and w- when it is in season, it's just like a lot of like really old people and pregnant teenagers, kind of just like you know buying little ornaments to take back to wherever they live, yeah. like spoons, spoons, yep. a lot of cutlery, things with the queen on, mm. miniature guitars, uh, a lot of wind chimes, bird houses just crap do people ever come there because it's now the home of Cosmo Jealous <laughs> no no way oh. nah it, I'm, I'm, that. I'm not known in. I'm doing terribly in England like I, I, I can't even I wouldn't even be able to, if I played a home show in my hometown like I'd be I wouldn't sell it out or anything I have trouble getting people in like I'm doing really bad is that why you come to Australia absolutely <laughs> 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 no it's just this is the only place like that's it's uh, my music seems to be like being uh you know listened to <laughs> that's interesting because one of the few interviews i did read with you but it was the first time before you came out here for the first time and you were saying that you sort of like you like our human you're really excited about potentially coming out here and seeing what would happen yeah and that was i think a couple of years ago yeah and since then it's I mean, like a bunch of guys came to my show from this place called Newcastle in Sydney the other day, and I was—I didn't want them to get a bus back, so I was just like, "You can come back to the hotel, like whatever." And they just chilled out, and it, but they were so like much more their sense of humor was just so dry and brutally honest and i think that might be the reason why they like listening to my stuff i don't know maybe it's because of that but i just really like that about it here people just generally i haven't met any dicks yet let's put it that way i mean i'm sure there are plenty but that's everywhere yeah but just in general like i think there are just a few less than in in the uk so if your music is better received here and you quite like us yeah. Why don't you move out here? Because I don't have any money, mm-hmm. and and also because the, I need to, I don't know anything about the visa situation or how that works. But I mean, if I would, I definitely, I definitely would if I could. Sorry, if I could, I would. Yeah, I think. But I'm not, I'm not going to migrate anywhere because I've got to shoot the next movie in England because mm. it takes place there. So I'll do that first, and then after that, we'll see what happens. But what's the healthcare like here? Like, how, how does it work? Is I think it like- it's very similar to England. And you get reciprocal. So even if you were here not as, like, a permanent resident, it's reciprocal with NHS. Oh, right. So you get free care here. Wicked. Mm. I'm diabetic, so I, 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 oh, okay. I need... I don't want to... Like, an, I've got an American citizenship, but, like, it's pre-existing condition, so I'd have to pay, like, so much mm. to get my drugs. Oh, no, you wouldn't do anything over there. No, I'd be screwed. Now, my last question for you is, did you ever get Jessica Alba's number? <laughs> no, I didn't. I I I um I nearly got it though actually because um, I was on a label called Wall of Sound like the first album they were like an independent and um the the song Jessica Alba's number like it was looking like it could be a single and like he he um this guy was like I know a guy who knows a guy who could get it and I was like do it then definitely because just to see I'd send her the song and see if she what she yeah. thought because I was like so in love with her then do you know if she's heard the song or seen it surely she has 
I don't know. It'd be, it'd be <gasps> great be to get ace. some feedback from her. But but then he, just as he was going to get the thing, the whole wall of sound thing fell yeah. apart and, and I never really got it. But it would be great. But she's preg- She's had a kid and she's, she's, got, married, she's married. Boring. It's over. Oh, well. She might get divorced. I hope so. Fingers crossed. I hope so. She needs to get divorced. I need to grow up a little bit and I need to shave and then maybe I'll have a 0.01 chance of something well it's still a chance i like to think so cosmo jarvis thank you so much for coming in thank we you very um, much. best of luck we'll see you again in december Damn straight. name of your album think bigger you can get it from normal places where you get albums yeah yeah just go on go online that. and there's all crap on there about it fabulous all right well thank you see you in december the chappelle show thanks for listening to a Joycast from joy 94.9 Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.